Hey everyone, Jacob here from that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Overmanga Cast. This week we. Huh? Did anyone else hear that? Um, anyway, this week we read Sweet Home by Kim Cranby and illustrated by Huang Young Chan. We read chapter 0 through 13. Uh, huh? Is... is that a nosebleed? <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. For me, I think I'm actually going to leave most of my explanation to Jacob, because it's his fault that I know this series in the first place. So, Jake, go ahead. Yeah, I... Have something to say this time i've thing before it's a miracle <laughs> um so as it turns out sweet home first manhwa i ever read i was really confused about the names at first i'm not particularly culturally sensitive in that area but i've learned since then there were a couple of series that had been floating around that i kind of bumped into sideways via webtoon um and i got really big into reading webtoon and one of the big series that came out one of the majors actually i think <laughs> funnily enough uh d diverting it even further i think matt is actually the reason i might might be the reason i know about webtoon because he told me about scoob and shag i think that's what initially put me on webtoon i started checking out a bunch of series and sweet home was on that list Oh boy, is Sweet Home an experience. It is a uh, train wreck uh, in so many different ways, uh, all of them intentional, and I freaking love, them, love it for it. I read the entire thing. One of my biggest points of pride is I actually called a bunch of the twists before they were revealed. So, yay! <laughs> It made me feel smart when I initially read it and my, uh, my conspiracy theories ended up getting validated. And Jake screaming about it is how I was dragged into it, and I read... I think at that point, about half of what was released at the time, I got up to protein, which um, sadly not in this reading. So moving on, Matt, how about you? Yeah, uh, I have much less fervor than Jacob, but uh, I I might have actually been reading it at the time when Jacob got into it. Um, I was also reading a lot of Webtoon just because Scoob and Shag was good. Uh, I read a lot of um, I'm blanking on the name, but it's the one everyone knows. It's the Hades and Persephone thing um lore olympus lore olympus yeah the, the the comic we've talked about and probably could never do an episode on because how do you divide it into chunks <laughs> how do you divide it into chunks it'd probably need to go on uh over manga cast after dark from what i've heard it's i i mean honestly no because we they're in a party for like a hundred chapters so i don't you know, know. I've, I've got a friend who's an expert on it i'll ask her but back on topic yeah, um, so I want to say I've finished Sweet Home. I can't remember, because I know I was reading it week to week for a while, and at some point I drifted off. I got pretty close to the ending, I'm pretty sure, though. All right, and Jay. This is going to be completely new. Uh, no surprise here. I don't really read too many things on Webtoon. Um, did remind me, when did this come out? Um... If I'm remembering right, it was like in the late 2010s, se like, like 1718? 1797. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. Good year. Um, yeah, I don't, I just was not that deep into Webtoon 
Um, oh yeah, it was October of 2017. Okay, yeah, I don't know what I was doing then, but it was not this. Um, honestly, I am so unfamiliar with the franchise. I honestly thought when it was mentioned that you were referring to the older webtoon that was about like the goblins or something with the horns. So I was very confused. Are you talking about Homestuck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there's a little bit of shared DNA there. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, so that's what I initially thought it was. And then obviously I found out it was not that. And either way, um, I had no previous exposure or knowledge of the series. I just read what was recommended. The end. All right. And I know that often in this show, we will ask for recommendations on things to go and do. We're not doing Homestuck. Whatever you were typing on OverMangaCast.com or to OverMangaCast at gmail.com, delete it. We're not doing it. <laughs> Definitely don't comment in and say we're going to do Homestuck. Because if you do, we're just going to take those and turn them into votes for Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not! <laughs> Alright, now that the reverse psychology has been thoroughly implanted in our uh, loyal listeners, we can get down to the uh, manhwa itself, which opens up with the saddest boy. Oh, yes, the saddest boy. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of sad here because he's kind of a dick. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the sad is self-inflicted. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to, say, I was about to say, Jake is like he is the saddest boy, and it's his own damn fault. <laughs> One of the things that immediately struck me about Sweet Home is, dear God, this protagonist is just terrible. Not in the sense that he's a bad protagonist, but in the sense that he's a he's a deeply unlikable person. Yeah. And like there was there was something the reason why I got so into Sweet Home is you have this absolute heel as as the presumed protagonist. And then you have a bunch of other characters who are not like they don't have the official designated protagonist marker on their character sheet. So they're all on the chopping block to potentially die. And especially in the earliest chapters, like there's this like, what is this story even about? Like there's the, the way it builds its dread is really good. Mm -hmm. And just like the contrast of, it's almost like the Hyun's awfulness is almost challenging you to quit before you find out what's going on, but you just can't, <laughs> or at least that's how it was for me. My, mine was, uh, this guy deserves every bad thing that happens to him, and a lot of bad things happen to him. Like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. what was difficult for me was, on top of this, it was just, well, as I shared with my co-host while I was reading this, it was very unpalpable for me, just because I have difficulty with people who have suicidal ideations. Um, that was, and it's partially probably because of my upbringing, it's just not something that should be... I don't know, tolerate. It shouldn't be taken as lightly as he does. Yeah, so that immediately was just very, it was very difficult to kind of just be like, why should I give a shit about this person or really care about how the plot goes on? So I kind of had to push through it, but it was just kind of like, I understand, I understand where he is supposed to fit in plot-wise of like, okay, this person is not, you know, on the up and up, he's not your typical protagonist who wants to do good. He's not that great person. But I think, at least for me, it was like the next level of distasteful. We are starting from the 
grinding you're basically the trying the to, to build this character. You're you're basically yeah. asking me to sympathize. Uh, this is bad. I'm not going to say that, but I mean, you're basically asking me to sympathize with somebody who I think really needs intervention and help. Not that's that's kind of the thing though. I don't think you're supposed to sympathize with them. I think you're supposed to loathe them because, um, but I mean, if I, but I mean like similar to you, Jacob, it's like, if you loathe the main character, I have no reason to read this. Well, that's that's actually why I mentioned the the supporting characters that we're gonna uh, start meeting because they're the they're the ones that I was invested in the safety of. So it's like you combine all these characters who they're not the main character with his with his face plastered on the banner, so they can die. And then there's like what is going on mystery. Then here is this like black hole of awful that kind of frames the rest of the bad things around him i read to the end i know how his character goes as it were there's a level of challenge and like you know hyun turning people away yeah i can see that that's fair Mm. um he is absolutely awful (laughs) yeah i'm with uh jay on hyun's God, this kid does not need to be in a apocalyptic situation. He needs some <laughs> mental help. I and uh, as has been demonstrated on the podcast before, I also have a um aversion to that. To the yeah, an aversion to this sort of situation. I don't remember what initially kept me engaged mm-hmm. with um Sweet Home back in 2017. Uh when I, th- I think it was mostly just Jake being like, dude, do it, trust me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think it was a combination of my hype and then Sweet Home Sweet Home a, does introduce to you characters worth caring about. It gambles on having its protagonist uh be the centerpiece for the first uh like for a chapter 0 and then like a prologue chapter and then the first chapter before it really starts introducing you to the people you're actually expected to care about. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that kept me from having the same like visceral reaction Jay did to uh Hune's cuz not to beat around the bush any longer, but uh, in there's chapter zero and then there's chapter one. In chapter one, Hune puts in his calendar his uh, plan to end his own life. And I think only my familiarity with that part of the storyline is what kept me from experiencing the same just sort of like visceral uh, that Jay did. Did we actually talk about what happens in the zero chapter about how his... We have not gotten to that yet, no. Like... This guy's a piece of shit because Mm -hmm. his mom's basically just begging him to get out of his room and come with them on a family vacation. And he just swears her at her and says, like, what are you doing? I just want to stay at home and pretend I own luxury sports cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he's locked himself in his dark room, ignoring texts from his mother, who is standing outside his door as he is playing legally distinct, I think, Overwatch. Yeah. And then, like, we see. That's not even all he does, though, is he'll also just waste time, like, writing fake reviews for cars he can't even possibly afford. Like, it's It's really weird. It's not even like he's necessarily trying to. I don't know if he's fully on board with trying to feign a persona of wealth or if he's like, I don't know. Truth doesn't mean anything on the Internet, man. I'm really deep. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
it, it, it doesn't even go that far as the thing. Like, it, I don't know. Anyway, he doesn't go on the vacation. His dad really just spends an entire time driving, just just ragging into him. Going, he's, like, that, vent he's venting, too. He's venting because his piece of son swore at his mom and then didn't go on a vacation with them so he can stay at home on his computer. Like, they're, mm -hmm. they're, 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 they don't know what to do with him at this point. Yeah. So, well, and, he's also they 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 say it like a hundred times. He is eighteen, and he's quote unquote in high school, but he's obviously not in high school. But he's high school age. He's eighteen. He's basically, uh, I don't know if he's classified as an adult, but it's like you know, kind of he's like he's on, he's on that brink of like he's my son, but he's also an adult. But I so I can't really do perhaps what I would like to do to try to help him. I can't like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like he is what he is, but I hate the way he is. Yeah. I hate but the way he is. At some yeah. point, at Credit some point, you have to accept that your child is a separate entity from you. And if that separate entity wants to just be a neat in the darkness, then okay. One thing that uh, I want to immediately praise Sweet Home about, and this is actually something I forgot about, the dad is really not just laying into Hyun, but also. Uh, uh, Hyun's poor mother gets a little bit caught in the blast radius of his rant for a minute and uh, Hyun's sister is like hey dad that's not fair she's trying her best you know that Hyun's really the one at fault here and he calms down he's like yeah yeah you're right for a character who's alive for half of a chapter <laughs> I really feel like the sister the little sister got a lot of characterization I get the idea that she had to grow up very quickly in this in this dysfunctional household and needed to find ways to like talk dad down well see that's the thing because he does to uh calm down immediately i don't even really think that the household's dysfunctional to me this is just a contrast of how awful hewn is because his family's freaking fine no yeah that's the thing hewn is the problem here mm. he he is agitating people and they are blowing up and because he doesn't give a shit and is able to be calm it looks like they're dysfunctional, but no, he's just a piece they're really of They're really just stressed over him being awful. Anyway, Hyun made the right decision because uh, a truck rears into their lane and kills all three of them in a car crash. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, uh, debatable considering the entire rest of the story, but yeah. Um, uh, the other the other thing that's uh, notable is uh, the uh, truck driver had uh, a terrible, terrible nosebleed whilst... The, uh, that happened uh presumably the uh whatever uh was causing that is the reason he swerved into the wrong lane yeah i oh. remember i remember that being like a big thing you yelled about back in 2017 jake it's just like holy crap i never noticed this holy crap he had a nosebleed i'm like yeah <laughs> I, it, it implies the monsterization was happening to him as we will get to later on <laughs> you know it's sort of funny because uh Boy, that that makes me feel a lot less smart because I don't remember missing that the first time around. It's pretty freaking obvious. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, I I don't know when it's when your horror movie or when your horror show is about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's foreshadowing. But like, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's it's very basic. <laughs> like, oh, the haunted house. Someone drew a ghost in the window. Like, yep, it's a haunted house. Mm -hmm. I, I would expect. Yes, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, the parents are dead. Um, and the parents that means... and the little sister are dead. So he that... needs a new place to live. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
I then continue to not be able to sympathize with him because the whole funeral scene happens, and I oh literally, God, I literally scene. want to kill him myself. Does the funeral scene yeah. happen now, or does it happen in a flashback later? He he flashes back to it, but like it, like he goes to the apartment and then immediately flashes back to the uh, okay, funeral. Yeah. It's it's sort of intermingled with him uh, arriving at the apartment because the next chapter opens with him walking along a path. And then a weed whacker blade breaks, flings out and stabs into a tree, and he barely reacts. Yep, the classic webtoon. We need to start a chapter with something very interesting and then end a chapter with something very interesting because we need to get people scrolling through it. Because the weed whacker blade is just an accident. Like it, It's just a little Final Destination tease. You know, I will say this manhwa does a very good job of using uh, webtoons format to its advantage like um the paneling goes a long way towards emulating the sort of camera focused um techniques of uh, of a horror film yeah of a horror film yeah tension that sweet home builds in its like explicit horror scenes is really good and again is a thing that uh is designed to keep you engaged before hyun goes through his much needed character development you're not going to start a chapter with flashback exposition because then people aren't going to scroll through your webcomic. So it's like, <laughs> here's an attempted murder. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then the flashback <laughs> to the funeral is just insane. It's like, holy crap. Like, you know that meme of like my wedding and a dude in like casual outfit and then dude in a suit for some flippant thing literally hewn is the first image in that he shows up to his fam his immediate family's triple funeral massive tragedy in a hoodie sweats and sandals like you fucking bastards how dare you leave me such a pity inheritance i ain't gonna live off of two thousand dollars what are you doing not even for a second does he consider working is the funniest part. Like, no, it's uh, not yeah. even funny. I was pissed. Like, I was legitimate. I could not. Oh, I could yeah. literally have decked this guy. What does he do? Yeah, <laughs> which is what he deserves. Yeah, no, I mean, like, like, uh, see, I this is one of those ones where it's like the, <laughs> the phrasing in the full statement is important. I really like Hyun as a character. I loathe the little. <laughs> obviously but mm -hmm. the thing that actually um makes him work for me is he has real problems that he proceeds to do literally nothing to solve he could legitimately be a pitiable person that you could get behind but he chooses to be awful instead and this the story highlights that at every opportunity like this is your own fault yun he, he is the poster child for something bad happened to me. So now that's everyone else's problem and I don't have to try and be better. Like, yeah. Uh, well, we'll because if he, if he wasn't such a shit, I'm sure there would be people who'd be willing to help him. That's the thing. Yeah. If he wasn't such a shit, we wouldn't have this story is kind of the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and that is part of the tension of narrative. It's like, man, we really need this story to happen. Let's have the worst little brat imaginable. No, who was it? It was um, March comes in like a lion. Where yeah, yeah exactly. This, it was that tier of just, we it's need like, to force the plot. So I'm going to literally have my paternal aunt 
say, oh, well, I guess you have to go to the orphanage. <laughs> Hyun, Hyun deserves the March comes in like a lion family. <laughs> I, I was about to say, yeah, the, the, the extended family at the funeral start beating Hyun up and throw him out on the street. You know how badly you have to fuck up to get beaten up and thrown out of a funeral? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a catastrophic level of disrespect you need to be doing. Oh, also, Yoon doesn't pretend like he's a prima donna. He showed up to the funeral to yell at a bunch of corpses while throwing their wallets and checkbooks on the ground. Like, yeah, he's doing it for attention. Yeah, like that's... There's a cry for help in here, but like, it's a cry for help which he then proceeds to uh, refuse any actual help. He is designed to be as unlikable as humanly possible. Exactly, and the worst part is, and this is me again, like putting the best on people i'm sure they probably noticed when this started first started happening and they're just like hey how can we help like i'm sure they tried to help and support mm -hmm. and he continually refused and continued to be a shithead and now everyone's at their last rope and that's why you get decked by your extended family for yeah. now, you know. <laughs> like i feel like it didn't just come out of a vacuum oh, yeah. here as displayed by his mom standing outside his door texting him being there for him in the way that he wanted despite the fact that he did not deserve that level of consideration uh mm -hmm. you know and i wasn't sure when to when to point it out but just because like i think it's worth noting like this idea that it's like it's so obvious that people were there for hyun and he refused help like hyun is a well characterized little heel <laughs> Uh, uh -huh. Like he's a, he's a well-written character for his uh, his purpose within the narrative. And I think maybe uh, I might also want to point out that um, there's a there's a reason why it honestly, I think it, I don't think it makes it me go easier on him. I think it makes me more angry at him. But I was in not uh, not nearly as severe like um, Hyun uh, uh, self-harms, for example, and I never even considered that. But I'd been in the the kind of bad emotional place that Hyun is, you know, is languishing in. And so, like, I understand why he's thinking that way. I get it on that level. But I also, when my support system reached out for me, I listened and I let them help me. And I, I chose to be better. And I actually, you know, put in the work to, uh, you know, get out of that place. There's a level of, um, you know, like, I want to deck Hyun too, in large part because I know he can be better. Mm -hmm. This is partially displayed in, you know, the opening of chapter one, where the, <laughs> the dude with the potentially murderous Final Destination Weed Whacker is Mr. Friendly Security Guard Man, just the nicest guy. I, I honestly don't know if we ever learn what happens to him, but I'm sure he died in a very tragic way. <laughs> so, I don't know. I kind of got mixed vibes with him, whether or not he's friendly or just creepy. He, he toes a line there. Yeah. I, I, got, I got friendly vibes. I, I don't know. He makes it, he then like casually in the conversation, I think is what made me think he's kind of a little creepy. He's like, yeah, everyone's so mean to the security guards. <laughs> like, well. Are they mean I, to you because they hate security guards or are they mean to you because you're a creep? They I don't mean, like you in particular. <laughs> I, I see where you're getting with that. I have hesitation on anyone who upon meeting someone for the first time goes, yeah, everyone else is mean to me. And I'm like, that's weird that you feel the need to get in on the ground floor of this opinion people have of you. 
Like, mm. well, I mean, not for nothing. There's parallels to Hewn in that. There is a level of um, like intentionality to that. Of uh... and in just like in just like the reading we did, there's a sort of informed character trait thing where security guard low key might have saved the entire apartment building. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing. There's ambiguity to it. Like, maybe, maybe he's a nice guy who's actually downtrodden, or maybe he's a creep who's only playing a nice guy, you know, for the sake of it. You know, mm-hmm. the we security don't... office does have access to cameras in everybody's apartment, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that is weird. That is I'm weird. assuming that might just be a Korea thing, but <laughs> you know, I mean, like, there's a there's an air of voyeurism to a lot of Sweet Home what is your uh inner thoughts what do you actually want you know how how many layers are you putting up against yourself let alone against other people you're jacob what a great way to phrase that because speaking of weird voyeurism where you press yourself up against things uh, (laughs) it's almost as if i did that on purpose you you, you moves in uh to his apartment uh the there's a weird thing where the oh you know what this is why i didn't like the security guard because the security guard comes up and says like hey i want to talk to you about something uh we had an issue with some construction going on so there's kind of a lawsuit pending uh so if someone comes over to get you to sign something just don't sign and i'm like well no maybe as a resident of the building he should um <laughs> be privy to what you may have done wrong with the construction uh but yeah. Anyway, he finds out that his neighbor is a wannabe actress. I, I think yeah. she's coming home from a role, but she's not doing. She's she's been going to auditions and she's been getting in the door, but not getting the parts. And her mom is calling her, telling her to give up on her dream and come home already. And the yeah. big thing about her is that she is following a very strict diet, constantly complaining about how hungry she is. And Hugh knows this because the second he hears her in her apartment, he sticks his head up against the wall and listens to her. And then because this place has soundproofing. I was going to say, this is yet another case where it's like, good job, Hewn. You made the decision that will make the audience hate you even more. God damn you. Where it's like, man, the uh, the soundproofing in the apartment is shit. That is an unfortunate thing. You Now I'm going to listen to her showering, you goddamn little creep. To be fair, he does shake his head and go like, no, I'm... Does he not have headphones? No. I have multiple <laughs> pairs of headphones. Get this man some headphones. He has to uh, play his hentai at full volume on speakers. Oh, God, he's that degenerate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is kind of what's happening in this scene. You know, Hyun, Hyun above all, needs two things. He needs uh, headphones and some therapy stat. (laughs) But um, the the Manwa does the thing where they have Hyun shake his head and go like, no, this isn't right. I'm going to sit here quietly. And I'm like, yeah, but you did it at this point. Like, the regret is... Okay, but maybe don't do it in the first place. But this is all a preamble to the introduction of our actual protagonist. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> well, one of the one of the four who I'd I'd say uh can fill the protect five. <laughs> Most of the secondary cast could fill the protagonist role. Uh, it's it's the reason why uh, Yun is the way he is, basically, from a from a meta contextual perspective, I should say. Yeah, because um, we are introduced to my two favorite characters, 
uh, redhead girl and mobster man. <laughs> he's not a mobster. Why do you? He just looks that? like it. He's a he good just fella. looks like it. He just looks like that and might work enforcement and might have done shady things in the past. <laughs> uh, if I'm remembering his backstory correctly, uh, that ends up being quite funny. <laughs> yeah, we're also we're also introduced mostly the uh, music of another uh, major character, Rocker Girl. Yeah. Yeah. A rocker girl. They they kind of write around uh, characters' names for a while. There's a there's a level of uh, you kind of have to get to know them by their sort of like immediate first impressions. Uh, gee, I wonder if that's uh, I wonder if that's part of the theme. Yeah, because um, Hune is subject to the uh, bass guitar riffs of his upstairs neighbor. Yeah, I was about to say the walls are thin enough that you can hear someone quietly talking to their cat. So, uh, Rocker Girl stood no chance on no one being able to hear her bass solo coming out of an amp. Like, speaking of people who should have headphones. Yes, (laughs) so you can plug your headphones, your headset, into your amp. So it's like, literally. Well, later on, it's explained that she's like, well, there was no one on either side of me, so I thought I was good, and I guess people moved in, and so I apologize. (laughs) Well, the person below her is the problem yeah yeah which which i mean like yes you don't know like he's not complained to you about that yet because he just moved in but like you should be able to figure that out i mean there's a lot of characters who these sorts of things uh is true for it's like you really should be able to figure out that this is a problem without someone telling you (laughs) uh smoking of uh our uh our totally not in the mob good fella uh, ends up uh, falling into that category. Uh, the redhead is going to complain to him because uh, he was going to go to the roof to smoke because it's a non-smoking building. Uh, but for whatever reason, the uh, nobody obeys the... that. Well, nobody obeys that, but also the door to the roof is locked. Uh, also, it's and... Korea. That's why no one obeys that. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our good fella uh, immediately notices a lighter in the redhead's hands. <laughs> you are going <laughs> to do this too. <laughs> Don't you, don't you judge me, you little brat. I'm not saying I identified with Rocker Girl for being a very loud person who is definitely disruptive in apartments. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, I would like to personally apologize. (laughs) I didn't live beneath you, so I was fine. (laughs) That's true, (laughs) you didn't. (laughs) Uh, We're all gonna, we're all gonna identify with one of the characters. Uh, the, the the fact that mine is Hyun is just depressing to me in so many levels. It tracks. It's uh, <laughs> you, you've got a type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's this I... awful piece of shit? Everyone in the cast hated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, now that we have our uh, main uh, dramatis personae established, we settle into the true horror of this horror manhwa, which is that it is a zombie apocalypse, except mushrooms, except... You know, we, we start getting into this, and one thing that um uh, Sweet Home's really good at is when, uh, like, the way when something horrifies happens, the, the sketchy style it will take on, uh, the, like, thick outlines, uh, the facial expressions, and the the deft use of the scrolling method of, um, you know, reading it as a webcomic. It hits those notes. It hits those notes so hard. And just from a perspective of the monster designs are 
they're good. Um, like there are a lot of really cool ones. Um, the way that they, um, you know, like interact with the characters, the set pieces they create. It's all, it's all good monster stuff. The thing that I love about the monsters in Sweet Home is no matter how big or small they are, every time they walk, it's stomp, 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 mm-hmm. stomp. And what that does is it conveys the unfathomable power that these creatures have and how utterly outmatched you are. Full body tackles nudge them you cannot fight this real sense of like density and physicality to them yeah yeah so if you it kind of reminds me of i growing up i read a lot of like children's horror movies or horror books sorry uh so for probably for this group um i don't know if are you afraid of the dark or uh scary Mm -hmm. stories to tell in the dark Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of the pitter patter and the thump thump Mm -hmm. so it was very reminiscent of that and for me that was where most of the horror was contained of this unsurmountable force and also added to some of the intrigue and mystery behind it because you're like what is this the other thing that i really like is they never go too far with how insurmountable the monsters are there's always the sense that if you just figure out what their weakness is you can get them they are just vulnerable enough to give you a sense of false hope that you can find a way to stop them. That, to me, is an important factor because there's it's usually a trend in video games, but the idea that the monster is completely unstoppable and you can't defend yourself at all, it means that your only option is to run and hide. But when you're just given that glint of maybe you can fight back, it's like, is the right call to fight back or should I not try? And the ebb and flow of, I can find a way to directly deal with this thing. Oh, no, no, I can't. Oh, I've made a terrible choice. And, you know, that back and forth is something Sweet Home is absolutely spectacular at. Indeed. I really like the part where he played World of Warcraft and had to experience a whole bunch of people just kind of idling around inside of a... uh, Inside of a town. Someone had a macro mm-hmm. so they wouldn't get kicked. Which, like, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe WoW in Korea is different, but uh, you could stand around forever in, uh, in Orgrimmar and nothing would happen to you. One way or another, Hyun spends a lot of his time just being a neat in his apartment. To the shock of no one. To the shock of no one. And when he finally gets hungry and has to go out and pick up his uh, food package... Uh, his delivery of bulk ramen <laughs> to his apartment. Uh, he finds that my package has been torn into and there's pieces of ramen missing. Who would do something like that? That is blood on the floor. Yeah, he follows a trail of um blood splatters. Blood splatter, blood splatter, and open ramen packages. Guys, guys, guys we don't know that for sure. Maybe someone just wanted that dry ramen with ketchup. Actually, it's <laughs> Korea, it's, so it'd be gochujang. It's a lot of blood. <laughs> it's a lot. They like it spicy over there. They like it spicy. Uh. I've been to enough uh, Korean barbecue places to know that that is true, but no, that's fucking blood. Oh, we should go to Korean barbecue. <laughs> we should. We should. Guys, Take we're going to your- stop the episode right now. <laughs> we're going to Korean barbecue. We'll pick it up after that. Yes. Okay, back to the show, Um <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a very effective horror scene where Hune 
follows the path of destroyed ramen packets and blood to the girl next door, who I don't know if we mentioned this, but like one of her big things is that she is uh, on that extreme dieting grind. She is uh, trying to maintain a improbable figure. And so she is paying extreme attention to her weight and effectively starving herself in the process. And so as Hugh makes his slow and cautious way into her now uh, open door into her apartment at the sounds of bloody chomping and slurping. and <laughs> It's really disgusting. Uh, he hears a twisted voice say, still hungry as a collar with a little cat bell on it coated in blood is tossed aside and a desiccated arm reaches to grab it go and then throw the now cleaned collar back into view it is some real like 70s 80s just gore Mm -hmm. and i love it back when they didn't give a shit about killing pets uh-huh. <laughs> that that is a level of like cheesy horror movie gore that i am super here for as much as i feel bad for the cat yeah Hyun's reaction is fair uh that would be mine uh i think it's something that one that every pet owner should just come to terms with if we are in a horror movie scenario my pet will probably be eaten horribly by me yeah yeah, yeah that tracks rip and dip kitty but yeah, Hyun tries Ooh, to... What kind of dipping sauce? Oh <laughs> it's, it's ketchup, remember? It's oh. ketchup. It's just ketchup. <laughs> it's just ketchup. Kitty is fine. Hyun manages to escape back to his place and hears a knocking at the door. And in the most reasonable thing any horror movie pro tag could do, he uses the video uh, uh, doorbell to interact with the person outside, which appears to be, you know, the girl next door saying like, I woke up, my door was open, my cat is missing, I don't know what's going on, I'm confused, I'm scared, help, help, help. And he's like, hey, can you show me your arm? Because that was the only part of the monster that he saw. So that's the thing he wants to see as his confirmation. Mm -hmm. And this is where the monster completely fucks that up because obviously they're able to transform back. And I'm just like, you could have easily gotten this guy. I mean, it doesn't go into detail in our reading section, but it, it is something that's pretty easy to infer just from this this particular girl's monsterization. It's your id. You just you just do what you want in the moment. And uh she is hungry. She has been starving herself. So she's and she only- loses her patience and just demands he open the door. As her face is like elongating and she's bleeding from every orifice. As serendipity would have it, because Hune has exactly enough luck to not die horribly. Oh, if only he used that luck to for uh, self improvement and not being a a terrible little piece of garbage. Uh, we'll uh-huh. see if the story works on that. Uh, Rocker Girl upstairs decides that now is the best time for a solo, which sends uh, the Monster Girl on more fruitful prey. And oh. here's where we actually get a bit of characterization for Hune, because 
uh, while he is very much willing to be like, okay, survive the monster encounter. Someone else triggered it. Sure, it's my upstairs neighbor. Maybe I should warn her, but you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm, I'm just going to survive dying right now. I'm not dying right now. Why am I prying apart my Swiffer wet jet mop to make an impromptu spear and go out? To, why am I walking towards this? What am I doing? I, I love the durability of this fucking Swiffer wet jet that when you snap <laughs> it, it turns into a viable spear and not just a plastic piece of garbage like every <laughs> single Swiffer. Like, I mean, hey, I, I feel like there's a marketing ploy in here. Like I, <laughs> Sweet like, home sponsored by Swiffer. Like you're watching this scene and he just knows instinctively to twist it and snap it. And the way he snapped it makes a perfect point. Makes like a the point, point, yeah. Did mm -hmm. did I miss the part where he sharpened it? Nope, he's just just really lucky. Oh, uh, it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. We I don't think we actually see him stab anything with it in our reading, which means it's untested. Oh, it's probably but, not good. But anyway, uh, he decides to go out and it's like, okay, Rocker Girl is a floor above me. That means the monster probably went up the stairs. I just need to approach the stairs. Oh God, footsteps. Oh God, somebody turn on the light and Mobster man, you're not a monster. Sam, no. I like how you narrated that scene in the like three seconds it actually took in real time. But, but it's man, a dude, whole last chapter in the manga, yeah. It's like half the chapter. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I I, I love that it's, about it because it's the elongated seconds of of doing something, you know, pants darkeningly terrifying. Every every moment feels like an hour. It is to the benefit of the aesthetic you're not wrong that but i'm also not gonna dock the model points for it <laughs> yeah i think i, I think that's i true. won't dock it in this moment but man does sweet home lean into that sometimes sure yeah. but uh we also uh aaron cut with this we also get a a flashback to some of uh hyun's tragic backstory you can pretty much guess relatively everything about hyun's past from this flashback they do they do go into a bit more detail, but uh I, I don't know. The when I read this and then originally and now I've I've got the same reaction of like, mm, this is this is gonna be some K drama nonsense about how he's not actually an asshole. Everyone around him was an asshole, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> like you watch K dramas. <laughs> no, Every I don't, because it's this nonsense. Like <laughs> everybody's so mean to me. I'm fed up with this world. Except you're, meant, except you're legitimately meant to take it seriously like and i'm like okay yep good yep you got singled out good job like i'm just saying some people have their novellas i have my k-dramas leave me alone <laughs> oh. this is this is uh this is to some extent going into um the uh uh my knowledge of the series and its totality i like uh sweet home for dude because like um uh, we we've read a couple of manhwa at this point, and like, I a hundred percent get, like I like get what Matt's talking about. Sweet Home never ex uh exonerates Hyun for his uh for his terrible behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason he's the way he is, but it never like lets it be okay. Which like, is something that I really respected about Sweet Home when I initially read it. Yeah, but it, it makes me not really care that much about reading his backstory because as you said it's blatantly obvious where they're going from even though they're not showing us the full story but you can yeah you can 
piece it together. You can and, you can you can get the whole from those pieces. And I believe that backstory is the exact same backstory in the other manhwa we read that we found out later turns into a boxing manhwa for some reason. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name. Uh, lookism. Yeah, lookism. I was thinking about lookism too. <laughs> he has the exact same backstory where he tried to defend someone and then the bullies make that person like turn on him. And then he has to move to Beverly Hills High School, which go go listen to our lookism episode. I have the exact same opinions. <laughs> oh, it's it's some wacky nonsense. Uh, Sweet Home, on the other hand, is not wacky nonsense because uh, Mr. I'm totally not in the mob. I'm a good fella. Uh, sees um, the uh, the blood on the ground and the uh, improvised weapon being held by uh, this new kid in, in apartment 1410. More importantly, the fact that the actress's door has been ripped open and the way he's talking seems to imply he knows basically all the people who live in the building. Mm. Well, wasn't it mostly empty? And that's why it's kind of like, oh, I didn't know new people moved in, you know? Yeah, it's it's, it's a new building is what they establish. I, I, I think they kind of established that it was built up and then the area didn't grow around it. So it was kind of a bad decision. That's why it's kind of run down now. Yeah, and that's why that's why there were issues with the uh, construction because it was pasty. And that's why there's like spider webs everywhere because they've just had these empty units sitting. But that's also why it looks so weird in its neighborhood. It's just a giant rectangular monolith. But yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my takeaway is that mobster guy was mostly like, hey, did you break into someone's room? Like, what's going on here, kid? When nature calls, sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> I said what I said. Anyway, uh, Hyun, he, he basically does the worst thing imaginable in this situation. He tells the truth. I, I'm looking for a, did you see a, a, a monster? And the, the problem is because Hyun's so socially awkward, he can't talk without stuttering. So it makes him sound super guilty, but also he sounds super guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and also, monster, <laughs> right? <laughs> what are you talking about? It does make um, the mobster basically just not take him as a threat at all. Because he's just like, wait, I was going to punch you? What's going on here? Why Why are you crying about a monster? And then Hewn starts getting a nosebleed. And he's like, I didn't even hit you yet. Like, kid, come on. Then uh, Hyun passes out. Is this where we get his little internal monologue? Or is that the second time he passes out? We, we get a bit of that here. Of uh... Either way, it doesn't actually pay off in our reading, but there, there, yeah. there is a little voice in his head that's telling him to go nuts and do whatever. Um, we do get a little scene where Hewn gets on the... We we can kind of contextualize that with uh, a little exposition dump they do when Hewn gets on the internet next time, jumping ahead a bit and we'll pop back, um, is that people are talking about like, hey, monsterization is a whole thing and blah, blah, blah. People suddenly go crazy. And then one guy in chat says like, yeah, there's a voice. Does anyone else hear a voice? My voice is telling me to kill my parents. I could probably do it real easy. And then the internet being the internet, you tell them just like, shut up, loser. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not about a trade, shut up. This is another one of those cases where sometimes a manga or a manhwa will just nail like the internet dialect and sweep home does indeed nail it where you get some of just the worst of humanity. <laughs> it's uh, It's well done because it's painfully realistic. Yeah. Never change, internet. Never change. Or change. Please change. I, I want I you to change know. very much. I don't know. Uh, I enjoy it. Probably better if you change. 
Oh, Don't but change yeah. for anyone. Be your true self. <laughs> Sweet home, everybody. Uh, yeah, Hyun, uh, Hyun wakes up from uh, having passed out, and he decides to uh, load up uh, a, a game. And I love how uh, the, the, the first one he goes to is World of Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> we have Evil Gun, Hidden Attack. <laughs> like World of Warcraft Apocalypse. Well, well, also World of Apocalypse in this mo- uh, in this manhwa. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not subtle. But uh, all the servers are offline, so he has to check the news and talk to people. And um, there's a video clip of the president of Korea, I assume, um, mm-hmm. giving a speech and then getting a nosebleed and. <laughs> getting ushered off stage mid-speech. Which is juxtaposed with a live stream of somebody going, hey guys, I found a monster in this alleyway. Let's get closer to see what, oh god, I vomited acid on my face. Oh, people, people peopling really hard. But, um, I think we did skip over a bit because it kind of switches perspective from Hune when he knocks unconscious and pops back up and gets an exposition dump and also just some fun gags. Because the dude dying as he's saying, like, comment and subscribe. And then the cameraman go like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, we should stop <laughs> filming. Why? What? <laughs> Wait, this will make a great found footage movie. Oh, but uh, yeah, we... bro, bro literally says, like, comment and subscribe as his face is being turned into slurry, into soylent green. That scene's uh, intercut with uh, the, the perspective switching to likable characters. God, there's like there's like five people you would want to be the protagonist. Uh, yeah, we have girl, we have uh, big brother, we have mobster man. So yeah, we, we cut into rocker girl rocking out uh, and gets mm-hmm. a knock on the door from the actress's monster, basically. And she goes like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't realize there was noise." And she's like, "No, I'm hungry." What? Hungry. Let me in, starving. And then she starts knocking on the door. And by knocking on the door, I mean making a dent the size of a small person. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, this is what you'd expect from, like, the ram of a police SWAT unit beating down your door. And then you realize that's crazy. I just really love the juxtaposition of of, uh, Mobster Man, uh, Sang. He goes and, like, he hears that a young woman was responsible for this, and he punches the door and, like, creates a dent in it with his own fist, compares it to the massive battering ram wound in the door, and he's like, Stop bullshitting me! (laughs) He feels so emasculated. Like, it's like, I I could punch hard, too. Like... It's a weird, it's a Poor. weird way way to feel emasculated. It's like, do you think I'm showing off to show off my strength? Is that what you think is happening right now? Your weird <laughs> sexism is making this horror survival situation a little complex. Oh, okay, right, hold, hold on. Oh, dude, dude, dude. I would not say sex- it's sexism. Weird sexism about the eighty pounds soaking wet actress punching as hard as the guy built like a truck. Yeah, that's. Also, yeah. like literal sexism at that point. That is not sexism, no. You know what? Fair. Poor Pyun will. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he ends up taking a lot of L's, and uh, I can't help but love him for it. <laughs> he deserves he, better. He tries his best by gum. 
<laughs> he does not deserve to get called a mobster all the time. He's just <laughs> nice. <laughs> he is a good fella. Uh, but um, yeah, they kind of have some adventures um, where Rocker Girl basically explains there was a monster that unlocks a connection in his memory bank so he can go back to the previous scene and interact and use Rocker Girl with unconscious Hewn to unlock the next cutscene. <laughs> He kind of has Rocker Girl just watch over Hewn for a bit. Um, but then they end up going downstairs. He is of the belief that he can go out into the apartment building and, you know, beat up whatever baddies are there. So he leaves Rocker Girl to watch over Hewn, who has passed out at this point because of the severe nosebleeds from monsterization. She actually, um, Jisoo is her name, uh, she uh, introduces herself uh, to uh, another character who we don't meet proper in this reading, but uh, he's one of the, he's one of the many characters you wish was the protagonist. Uh, yeah, Christian guy. Yeah, you'll, you'll come to find that he's one of the characters you wish was the protagonist. She has, she has an interesting little flashback where she is, uh, you know, just going on the elevator to go out and run for some cigarettes. And she meets a woman with a stroller who is like, oh, yes, my sweet baby. Isn't she so delightful? That is an empty stroller. I, yes, your child is very cute. You know, have a good day. I'll catch the next elevator. I forgot my wallet. Have a good day. There's plenty of room. Get in here and we can talk about no, my no, baby. No, I, I forgot my wallet and I need don't, it. So I'm going to do have good. Don't days. worry. I'll put my hand in front of the door and wait for you so we can talk. It'd be I'm great. Le I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, okay. But next time we definitely need to talk about my baby. Absolutely. You, actually. Oh, hold on. I accidentally had my foot in the door. It's still open. What the, what the fuck? Leave. <laughs> uh, be gone. Sure? Be gone, crazy lady. Be gone. Uh, leave she's not nearly that abrasive in the actual flashback uh yes. <laughs> matt is just matting right now <laughs> it felt like it but yes uh the point being that this lady's child was tragically killed in a horrible accident and she is uh not coping with it super great as is explained by she's because it's uh, yeah she's <laughs> not coping with it because it's her fault mm-hmm and this is explained by uh random devout christian guy yeah, we uh we all, in in our reading we only meet him in this flashback. He is a guy who is a devout Christian and he is very happy to uh make some pleasant chit-chat and go on his way because it is Sunday and he needs to go to church. I was about to say you you probably know this person and we know he's a devout Christian because every single panel he's in has a cross visible. He makes some reference to it. It's like, "I'm a devout Christian, so it's Sunday, so I need to go to church. Don't you see my Bible?" He either has a cross or a Bible visible, or he is referencing Christ. <laughs> ah, may oh. God bless you this day. It is God's will that that child died. <laughs> sure thing, Padre. Okay, he doesn't <laughs> phrase it that way. But... I, 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 I know. <laughs> oh, but yeah. The um... problem of evil is something I just ignore completely. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, so th the entire point of this flashback is she's kind of walking through her neighbors and then passes Hyun on his way to go move in and then basically completely misses the fact Hewn almost gets final destination in the background. <laughs> this manga really likes uh, doing parallel storylines and I really appreciate it for that. Well, I mean, that that's why she's having this flashback is she's remembering the day she met mm. Hewn. The, the day, mm, yeah, Saul the, the day she first saw him. 
and that lends some greater credence to when she is uh, left to watch over his comatose form in his apartment. Hewn's unconscious for a very long time, and we should probably be worried about that. <laughs> He's out for two days. Man has a nosebleed, passes out, and doesn't wake up for another 48 hours. They do leave him for dead, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, um, because what ends up happening is, whilst that's happening, Pion uh, heads downstairs to see what the hell's going on, because they can't actually get security on the intercom, which is concerning. So the story moves downstairs, uh, where they're trying to get the security office open, because every single entrance and exit to the building has been sealed, which is weird and concerning. It's also weird they have this power. <laughs> Like, what were they worried about in this neighborhood? <laughs> that they have anti-riot gear. We have shutters on every entrance. We can lock every door. We can seal down the roof. And what do you mean we can't find the security guy? I just love uh, Redhead Girl's uh, big brother, who, smile on his face, beatific as a saint, walks up with a fire extinguisher and... <laughs> Dragging a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Welcome to the character. Welcome to the fifth character that you wish was the protagonist. Please get out of my way. I mean, sure. I Boom! As he snaps the handle off of the door. <laughs> He's also I'm hanging out with that guy. If this ever went down, that guy. Hang oh, hell that yeah. Guy. <laughs> He's also got the whole Brock thing going where his eyes are closed underneath his glasses. Oh, that's how you know he's trustworthy. Yeah, no, big, big bro is pretty cool. Even when we learn later that he is an internet poster, he's still kind of cool. I appreciate internet posters. They amuse me. Never change. <laughs> Good news. They got into the security office. They can raise the shutter. Bad oh, just news. in time. Someone came up to the front door. Hey, there's a guy. At, oh, what the fuck is wrong with him? As it's this bulbous headed guy. Elongated. Yeah. Elongated. Yeah. Mouth, neck, torso splitting open vertically for a really long tongue as he's like, Wait, hold on. Sam, are you telling me this guy's got a got a chest vagina? <laughs> How happened again? Matt, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I hope we could just move past it. No, the chest <laughs> vagina's. They carry on. Three weeks in a row. <laughs> it, is, it is weird. We've got a running theme of monsters with holes you can fit yourself in. Oh. Yes, man does have a chest pussy, but. Pretty, it's pretty mid. He, he doesn't actually have teeth. He's got a. He just gums it. He's got a tentacle. Yep. Oh, my. Make it as, any better. <laughs> as is tradition, he has a tentacle. Only Ugh. one. Does he at least do double time and wag that thing around? Yes, yes, he does. Yeah, you think it couldn't even get any better. He wags it around quite a bit and murks a random guy by stabbing him in the head and sucking out all his juices through his cranium. It was pretty cool. Hmm? Not gonna the worry. wildest head you've ever seen. But uh, while this is happening in the security office, the balding guy that no one likes, apparently, uh, pressed the button to unlock the security gate. Oh, 
Somehow yeah. he gets more unlikable than Hewn over the course of the story. And that's the thing. I wish there was like a Baldwin guy who wasn't like a complete like <laughs> idiot or piece of shit. I feel like that's a stereotype that's yeah. attached that's like not justified. There are plenty of bald men who are like legit cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, note to self, write more uh, bald characters who aren't jerks. Uh, <laughs> note to self, keep casting Samuel L. Jackson. Gotcha. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Actually, yeah. he he normally plays jerks. They're just normally pretty suave jerks. Anaki <laughs> <laughs> uh, has the uh, wherewithal to be like, close the shutters! Actually, wait, no, don't close the shutters until I drive the monster out with this fire extinguisher! His signature weapon. Kyuk, uh, the probably the most competent person in this entire story, and Pyun's standing right there, so that's actually a high bar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's actually a high bar because uh, uh, a lot of these people are uh, are not uh, just uh, well. Actually, there's a lot of fodder in this crowd. I, but I was uh, about to say that's high praise considering the insane nonsense Pewn gets away with in this scene. <laughs> he does some Olympic level nonsense like in a couple of pages. Yeah, because Hook uses the fire extinguisher to knock the monster mostly outside and then calls for the shutter to be lowered. But the monster isn't quite out yet. So, Pune runs in and drop kicks the monster out into the street. But, oh no, he's outside now. But he manages to scramble up and throw himself in like a full, like, game-winning touchdown slide <laughs> under, the, under the grate. Through, through a, like, incredible amount of shattered glass. Uh huh. Yeah, the fact that he's it, not it, cut up at all is uh. The fact that he's not eviscerated really speaks to how tight his abs are. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a fun horror action set piece. Yeah, is what it is. This definitely feels the most B movie. No, the most B movie is the fact that he slides just far enough so that when the monster comes up to the gate and shoots his tongue it out, it stops right at his eye. His <laughs> eye is exactly like a millimeter further than the thing can reach. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, the weird proboscis tongue. Oh, I hate it. By which I mean I love it. By which I mean I hate it. Yeah, but anyway, that monster decides it needs more friends. So it goes to go get more friends. Because this is definitely not a zombie apocalypse, guys. They're networking. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, it's, it's after this uh, initial like chaos action attack where Hune finally wakes up two days later. And I think this is a good time for us to take a quick break to recharge. I mean, Hune's had 48 hours of sleep. We can take a few minutes of uh, rest here on the on the pod. So we'll be back after this. Oh, is that a nosebleed? I gotta put him down. All right, I'll get the sword. And welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, where less we left our protagonist. Um, he was asleep. The actual heroes of this story were fighting off monsters in the lobby. And now we return to Hune, who's 
first instinct after passing out in front of another human being, finding out he woke up 48 hours later, is to sit down and scroll the internet. You know what? Honestly, not the same. <laughs> I think this is one of the few instances where a character is being a total degen where I can go, not same. <laughs> Yeah, as we established, there's a bit of like a lore exposition dump about what's been going on because uh, we got like weird hints when online was shown that weird stuff was happening, but that's gone from now in the background to the number one thing talked about on the internet that's barely keeping itself together because like in all zombie fiction, uh, the infrastructure stays working for as long as it's plot relevant. Psalm 100 or that other thing we read or... Electricity lasts exactly as long as you need it to to have contextually relevant revelations. Oh, unfortunately, the phones don't work. There's this, uh, you try uh, calling somewhere and there's a horrible screeching noise. And then suddenly a monster comes up and kills you. Mm-hmm. A very loud beep. I wonder if very loud noises will become relevant. As Hune is scrolling Google and uh, finding that the top trending search result is monsterization, humanity destroyed, collapse of society. All the standards. Mm -hmm. Which feels like Twitter. But considering this is a horror manhwa, it's actually relevant because um, just in case you forgot that, this guy has a set date for when he plans to off himself. Just sick. <laughs> yeah, he uh, is scrolling through the um, forums talking about this monsterization and learns that he has been experiencing the early symptoms of frequent nosebleeds and hearing voices. And there are forum posts of people being like, hey, if you're experiencing these symptoms, just kill yourself. Make it easier for everybody else. And to his credit, Hune has the wherewithal to be like, wow, that's a an insensitive thing to say. Yeah. Is that in zombie fiction? Six of one, half a dozen of another, kind of. Well, no, here's the thing. It's complicated because on the one hand, like, it is a harsh thing to say, but like, what about the good of society, though? Like, you could potentially kill everybody else. And then the other thing I can't help but notice is that being his immediate reaction calls into question how seriously his whole... I'm going to commit suicide on a specific date thing was I, like, it, I, I didn't think it was that serious at all. Considering we find out his reasoning right here is. Yeah. Was something stupid and petty. Yeah. It, it, it's complicated. Uh, Hyun can't just be likable. I don't think we pointed this out earlier, but the reason he chose the specific date of October 25th, it doesn't have any symbolic meaning. He did the math. That's when he runs out of the inheritance money from his dead immediate family. No, it has symbolic meaning. <laughs> well, there, there's also there's also another thing where uh, there's a there's a movie coming out. That's the end of a series he likes. Yeah, the, the the money running out isn't really the case because he sold the house. Mm -hmm. So he has more money than what we get started with. It, he has a nebulous amount of money that's probably good for a couple of years, but that's not going to matter anymore. So It's also yeah. the fact that he literally has no plan of working, whether that be online or anything. He literally says, I'm just going to... 
I'm just going to uh, piss this money away and be a... I w die while I still have things like it. Even in the cases where you could try to construe an argument that maybe he's character developing, he's still he's still awful. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, but anyway. he's uh, he's getting hungry. He needs to. He needs to go grab some food, so... Uh, he needs to grab that ramen that was left outside his door after the uh, cat girl incident. I do love that's his second mode of thought, is because his original mode of thought is like, it's not technically an emergency scenario, right? Not yet, anyway. So I could just call and have someone deliver me food. Yes, uh -huh. he essentially wants to DoorDash during <laughs> this. And I'm just like... Oh man, what a piece of shit. But then I remember all the times I've ordered pizza when I knew a bad thunderstorm was coming. And I'm like, eh. But like, <laughs> I, I'm doing it ahead of time, so that I, I don't want to drive in this. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered my Domino's before the snow started falling. Exactly. <laughs> the fact they have to drive home in the snow is problematic, but... This guy is already six inches deep of blizzard and being like, hey, can I get, like, some ramen? Can no. I get some takeout? <laughs> and uh. then the phone screams at him for it. Which, again, he deserves it. That's when he thinks about the ramen outside. And we get my least favorite monster, because, um, oh boy, my trypophobia really acted up on this guy. <laughs> mushroom head. <laughs> oh, he's, uh, He's uh, terrifying. Mm -hmm. he, he is a monster that has had the top half of its head seemingly cut off because there is a kind of clean section revealing the inside is very fungal. And oh. he's also he's also burned as well. It's this series of like, yeah, I find it hard to describe, but like it's it, he's got like tubes in him. <laughs> it's a series of tubes. And the the part that's cut off creates this like kind of hive structure seems friendly we should let him in no we shouldn't well unfortunately he lets himself in i hate him i hate him so <laughs> much uh, he makes my palms itchy to look at him because <laughs> hewn uh i know we haven't talked about this yet uh and as is a normal point of contention on this show uh hewn's not smart <laughs> And if you want any evidence for why he's not smart, man, do I have two feats that happen over the next couple of chapters? <laughs> yeah, reeling from this. Because um, oh. uh, we've established this guy, this monster, has the head cut off. So it has no eyes and it's got some pretty pronounced ears. So, so the fact that it announced, hey, I can't see. Yeah, it, it keeps announcing so, so what happens is it kind of Hewn opens the door, it turns because it heard, and it manages to get inside his apartment because Hewn is hiding from it. And as it comes in, it closes the door behind. And then once it's in the apartment, it kind of just goes around and then repeatedly just screams out, I can't see, I can't see, I can't see. And we get just an amazing panel from Hewn where he goes, huh? I wonder if it's blind. I'm just like, <laughs> buddy, I, I wonder. I wonder if the thing without eyes that is now three times screamed, I can't see. <laughs> like, buddy, I know oh. this guy is blind, but are you deaf? I mean, <laughs> Odysseus, this guy is not, and he's not fighting the Cyclops. Like, Odysseus, another character I'd like to be the protagonist of the story over here. <laughs> 
I would take Oedipus over you. (laughs) (laughs) Look, at least any Greek hero would have the wherewithal to try to outsmart the monsters. I don't think they'd actually survive by doing that because I can absolutely see Odysseus being like, ha ha, you uh, followed that sound that I created, but I'm over here and then getting eaten. But... Yeah, because uh, as we established, um, Hewn was charging his phone, and it makes a little vibration noise when it's ring. full charge. Yeah, a little ring, and um, the monster then shoots its proboscis tongue out, and it immediately pierces through the phone on the bed. And then there's like a panel of nothing happening, and then it kind of just spirals out in like a series of like, um, uh, you know, seek his phone. Oh, did it, it miss it, the phone though? It knocks the phone off because he uses it later on to communicate and like hear. Yeah, I guess really, it does. This thing really sucks at aiming then. Um, yeah, I mean, it it's does. blind in case you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, Hune doesn't seem to know. <laughs> I can't see. I wonder I wonder if it's blind. <laughs> Man, I, I can't put my finger on what's different about her car. Oh, but um, yeah. So it does this weird kind of like if you've ever seen a sea cucumber, like it. <laughs> oh God, not the sea cucumber! It spreads out in like a sphere of like these splitting Fines. off. Yeah, like splitting off things. It's very veiny and gross. So it's basically like an area of effect. And this entire time, Hewn's been like, okay, maybe if I stab it in the back of the neck, I can succeed. And then it sees that is like, no, I'm just gonna sneak in the bathroom. And then. He very quietly opens the bathroom door, closes it, and then there's a sound effect for click, but I guess that's such a quiet click. The monster didn't hear it. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. Whatever. He's in the bathroom now, and he kind of is just waiting there. This manga makes a lot of use of, like, kind of lowering the opacity on uh, onomatopoeias to make it be like, this is supposed to be quiet. Mm-hmm. It's like the click of the bathroom door is supposed to be him you know, if this were a movie, like a whole 30 seconds of him very slowly inching his wrist up to close it as slow and quiet as possible. Mm-hmm. And basically, Hewn's kind of just laying down in the bathroom to wait until he hears the monster leave and he doesn't. And I'm not sure how long he's expected to actually be in the bathroom. I find it really funny to assume it's been 45 minutes. <laughs> I could see it being that short. Yeah. yeah. I think it's supposed to be a day, but I think you're also right in that regard because Hewn is laying in the bathroom being like, I'm hungry. I'm going to drink some water. Oh no, I gotta pee. I drank too much water. I gotta pee. And then my boy... He, he tries so hard to pee quietly. I, I just... It's the stupidest nonsense. Though. Why would you do that standing up? He's peeing in the toilet, standing up. So he aims for the side to make no noise, but he doesn't have the light on, and I don't I don't know why he didn't tur- turn the light on. That doesn't matter. He's got the light off. He's tired. So it like, might be that the light's counter to the fan. Oh, maybe. You're right. Mm-hmm. But regardless, he can't see. So he's aiming for the side of the bowl. And I'm just like, so he could sit down. Or much more importantly, if he's worried about making a noise, he could go in the sink we know that works. Male like, privilege. it's so stupid it's so stupid because he gets tired and like kind of zones out while peeing and shifts his stream into the center of the bowl and he's just staring at himself dick in hand pissing in the toilet like it's so loud (laughs) 
is someone there? And then this Go. thing shoots its tongue through the door. It goes past Yoon, hits the mirror, shatters, then explodes out in a radius that just misses Yoon. And I'm like, maybe maybe this thing just sucks. Maybe, maybe this <laughs> is just a bad monster. It explodes out in a radius that just misses Hune. There's a few panels where it looks like the uh, explosion could have hit him in the dick, but I don't think that happened. It would have been appropriate if it did, but... Oh, as if he could emasculate Hune anymore. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh... uh <laughs> yeah, the, uh... This monster does seem pretty pathetic. Eventually it uh, wanders off, and uh, Hyun is able to... Uh, uh, retrieve the remaining uh, ramen and sneak back inside. Yeah, he uh, he completes the encounter with Mushroom Head, gets his ramen, and that gives him a couple more days of survival. And uh, we have the final encounter of our reading, where uh, he... well, uh, first he uh, he sees it before he properly encounters it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I say encounter in the broader sense. Yeah, because there's uh there's one more plot point between uh that and uh him actually uh engaging with the thing. Mm-hmm. Because he is uh continuing to be like, Well, I ain't going outside, time to scroll the internet. And that's when he sees that his favorite anime is gonna have a theatrical release on the day he planned to kill himself, and he's like, Hmm, maybe I won't, but wait world has ended no no, he he planned for he planned it. he planned to watch it and then do it that's why he picked the date he did yeah because he won the tickets they oh, they I've... did a, yeah that they did a drawing for fans to see an early release and he won them so he's just like i've got these free tickets to go see my the finale of my anime i can't die before i see that oh i think i missed that then yeah his uh his username is blk I think I'm. I think I missed his uh, specific plan in that regard because I I I had thought that it was just that's when he ran out of uh, money and that's when he was going to do it. No, and the uh, and the anime having its fin. Yeah, it's it, even more petty than that. The, you the, know the what? Pro- I had too much faith in him then. <laughs> the the problem was he talks about the money and then explains he's picked a day for when he's going to kill himself. Yeah, there there is a level of Kulashov there. They're unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Um Alrighty, then. Like this scene is where it, it's explained uh all of that. And like just not really knowing what else to do. Uh I mean like honestly, just for bits and gigs, he decides to type into fan chat on the website like mm-hmm. literally a cry for help of like hey i'm in my apartment uh thinking about killing myself because uh i'm trapped here i got nothing to live for <laughs> is anyone uh, alive not really going great is anyone alive out there yeah this is stupid i'm just gonna delete that out whoa i got a notification hey he gets a message from crew crew preeminent internet discourse <laughs> because <laughs> this- this vibes of like it's it if you just read the text it comes off as very hostile and attacking but i I don't know it reads as like affectionate (laughs) oh yeah it's got that sort of playful ribbing that comes out of message board culture Mm -hmm. yeah because uh the guy he's they're they're both fans they're both fans of this thing Mm. they're talking and the guy he's talking to is 
Hewn says how like, yeah, no, I was I planning on killing myself after the um after the release and I um Well specifically says I was planning to kill myself on the twenty fifth, and then the guy goes, Wait, you're planning to do it after you saw the movie? You nerd. <laughs> like what a <laughs> hopeless loser. Your life I'm is like- pathetic. <laughs> your 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 personality is <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> and like you you can only see Hewn because they uh they've not revealed uh who uh crew crew is yet. Uh this will become relevant. But like you can see the smile on Hyun's face where like this is this is uh you know like like he he's he's vibing with uh the person on the other end of the keyboard and uh you know they get to the you know rather sobering topic of the current situation uh talking about how oh man i can't st- uh, stick around for long uh we gotta um uh we're forming a party uh we're gonna try to get out it's gonna be tough there's this monster with eyes and a long neck and bulbous head it's really weird you mean the one that like appeared outside of my apartment window that was really uh, freaky to look at, and so I clipped my curtains shut. Hold on, tell me more about it. Anyway, I've got to leave. I'm gonna go lead a rescue party to get more people. Wait, no, don't go. And Kuku has left the chat. Yeah, Sam, you're really burying the lead there. You uh, <laughs> hears knocking at his window, and he's just like, "Huh, I wonder what that could be. Is someone visiting me from the window?" And then opens the window to see a monster, and he's just like, "Yeah, oh, I'm kind uh, of like, I don't know what you expected this to be." You, <laughs> you are on the 14th floor. <laughs> oh, hold on. Do you do you think it's blind? Oh my God. <laughs> it's got a big <laughs> eye. But is it I, blind? But is it blind? I, it's not said one way or the other yet. I don't I don't want to assume because you can still have eyes and be blind. We Sam, know that. I, I think it's really privileged of you to think the number yeah. of eyes you have has anything to do with your status of being blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, it's Yuck. Yuck is crew crew. <laughs> Which kind of explains why he's uh, why he's such a <laughs> I love Yuck. I love it so much. He is such a nice boy. You know, <laughs> constantly smiling, got the Brock face going on IRL. But he is a poster online. I mean, he's a poster in, in uh, person on occasion, too. <laughs> That's his young oh. shadow coming to the forefront. Hyuk <laughs> <laughs> is just a young shadow. Like, of, of <laughs> no one in particular, he is just the embodiment of the young shadow. Yeah. But regardless, <laughs> after that conversation, Hewn kind of goes back to being a bum, laying down. He watches a fly get caught in a spider's web, and he's just like, yep, nope, just resign to your fate and die. You're going to die no matter how you struggle. Might as well go out relaxed. And then he just sees the fly break free of the web and fly away. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that was possible. Damn it, this might relate to my situation. <laughs> Wait, you mean escaping from seemingly impossible circumstances can happen? If you just put effort in. I'm going to become a hero and help people and definitely not cause anyone's death. Wait, Wait is if... that a sound outside? Wait, if you don't submit to your helplessness and actually listen to your survival instinct, there's a chance? Ooh, Sam, don't go too far. That's not the lesson he's learned here. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's I know that's not the lesson he's learned, but that's the lesson that's trying to be told to him. Oh, <laughs> because oh. yes, he does hear a sound outside, and he goes to look out his window, and he sees 
a muscly dude going to climb down a blanket ladder on the floor below. It's just like, and his two kids are just like, wait, dad, seriously, this this is a bad idea. Why are you doing, dad, please, dad, don't. And he's uh, just hey, like, don't you know daddy was in the special forces? This is a quick hop, skip, and a jump for me. I'm dad, a mortal. Dad, I'm really thinking that this is a bad idea. No, just lo- look after your little brother while I'm gone. And and that's when, you know, Eye Monster is elongating its neck back well, up. Well, hold, hold on. What happens is Hune yells out, wait, look down. And then he looks down, but in the same second as Eye Monster coming up. And- uh-huh. If look he's, out! He, he's also like further announced to the Eye Monster that, hey, there are people here. Do not announce your location. <laughs> Look, I, I, I believe that Hune had the right idea and was on the right track with this one. But, you know, Special Forces dad freaked out at sight of Monster, let go of the rope and fell to his de- his deaths. Well, it yeah, he he flailed at mm. the sight of the thing, which caused the bed sheets to rip and. Uh... And he flailed. Because someone yelled at him and attracted the and distracted him from the direction where he needed, so he needed to do a one eighty swipe. Uh, I don't think Hune helped at all in this scenario, and well, no, he, a he less ex- generous read. Hune's responsible for it to some degree. It expressly, expressly, Hune did not help, but I don't think he's I, responsible for the death either, because the monster was going to notice him anyway. Because if dude just climbed down safe as safe as can be in his own mind, the monster would have noticed him and come up and attacked him. Yeah, so. I also like when I push people in front of train tracks, they were going to jump anyway, so. I know what you're getting at, but I disagree. You're fine to be wrong. You're fine to be wrong. I don't know what you're getting at, and I also disagree. (laughs) I don't know how you can disagree if you don't know what I'm getting at. One way or another, Special Forces Man is dead because he fell 13 fucking stories and went splat and now the monster is going after the kids because naturally they're screaming their heads off because it's terrifying and we have hewn several times to this point there have been instances of him having a spark of heroism in him like he made the swiffer wet jet spear and stepped out to go attack to go fight the uh hungry girl next door he there is the specifically specifically to help someone who was about to be attacked by her yeah there's the flashback of him getting beaten up by the bullies where one the leader bully is like oh even after i've kicked out of you you still got that defiant look in your eye and you know there's been several like build-up moments of hewn having something in him of like a sense of justice and this is really the make or break point of that because it looks like the kids are screaming, help us, help us, help us, go away, monster. Are you going to let children die? Are you going to let children die? And Hune looks like he's about to just let it happen. But then we cut to the sight of a computer screen falling and cracking the monster on the head, which, oh. Not going to lie, kind of hardcore. Well, okay, here's the thing, though. One thing that I can't help but notice, the uh, the internet had gone out by that point, so it's not like he could have used it anyway. Even in his best of moments, there's always something. 
even in his best moments, he does not do an unalloyed good. I like how the way the panel is framed. Um, the monitor is the only there's a hit mark of like white and then the monitor is falling off to the side from rebounding. But if you just look quickly at the page, it looks like the monitor just completely misses the monster. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a, like a, a a whack sound effect and a, a strike mark, but yeah, it like that's like the angle to... of it. Yeah, the, the angle, angle of the... it makes it look like it missed. And that's easy to miss because this manga uses a lot of onomatopoeia. Also, oh. very sweet home to have the monitor just completely with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Whatever way it turns out, it is enough for the monster to stop paying attention to the kids and pay attention to Hune, who is screaming at it like, hey, you pervy peeping motherfucker, come up and fight me. Uh, this is uh, where we leave off this section of reading, because uh, being that it's a uh, webtoon... It's literally impossible to not end on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. they're all cliffhangers, but uh, we, we do end on a, a pretty important point. We see that Hyun is, for the first time uh, since we've met the character, actually trying uh, with, the, uh, with the question of... Not just can he get out of this, but is is this a uh, is this a sign of forward character growth, or is is he going to uh, you know slip back into his old ways? Uh, is he is he essentially trying to suicide by cop? And uh, that is uh, sweet home. Yeah. Indeed, it is. So entering into the into the discussion phase, uh, favorite character and favorite monster encounter. Um. I really like Mobster Man. <laughs> he is the coolest guy. I know he's custom designed to be the cool, competent dude in the zombie apocalypse movie. I don't care. I'm easily persuaded. I like him. He's fun. Uh, but for my favorite monster encounter, I mean, if I had to speak to my entire experience with uh, Sweet Home, it would be protein. <laughs> but... He wasn't I, in this section, sadly. He wasn't in this section. Uh, I really do like the initial encounter with uh, Hungry Girl. It plays to a lot of Amanwa's strengths. You know, it does the um, paneling to emulate horror film camera work. It plays off of your questions of like, so what's actually happening right up until, you know, she becomes a horrible blood monster. And then it gets into the tension of, oh no, Rocker Girl is rocking out. She's attracted the monster. Now what do we do? It, it's a very efficient horror sequence. And I like it a lot for that because it hits all the appropriate notes. Uh, Jake, how about you? Favorite character and favorite monster encounter? Uh, Hyuk. Hyuk is the best character in this series, easily. I freaking love Hyuk. Uh, I, I love, <laughs> I, I love Hyuk, uh, for all of the things that he does later, and in all honesty, Hyuk is a character who, um, like, even in this section, this is, this is just Hyuk, and he's awesome, and he's a, he's, he's the good kind of poster, and the world needs more of him. He gets complicated later, because everybody gets complicated, because horror series but just i like all of the side characters but you know a guy who's just like you know everybody's freaking out about the situation don't worry i'll go grab the fire extinguisher it's a locked door why are you grabbing the pong <laughs> <laughs> and just with a smile the entire time like how can you not love him uh 
favorite monster encounter um i really like the um the initial encounter with uh the girl next door um but uh i, I think i'm gonna go with the um the 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 tube tongue guy proboscis man uh it's it's a fun action set piece uh horror action set piece um you know i mean like yeah it's cheesy the you know he he dives back under the shutter just in time and then it's a millimeter away from getting stabbed and the monster could just stab his leg and pull him closer and that doesn't happen for some reason but like you know i mean it's you know it's a b like it's a b movie moment of you know a horror action scene and i like it for what it is all right, uh, Matt, how about you? I'm going to be honest. A lot of the characters don't really have a lot of room to shine here other than Hewn. Like, basically, we get introduced to a bunch of people but don't actually get to spend a lot of time with them. So I, I think I'm going to have to go with Hewn is the only real character. Mm. Everyone else is fake. I, yeah, everyone <laughs> else. He's in a coma. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it turns gonna... out this is another episode of General Hospital. <laughs> I'm going to save you 145 chapters. Uh, it turns out he was in a coma the entire time. He just, uh, he took some sleeping pills after his mom left. They actually didn't even die in that car crash. They just come home. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was the the twist that I called uh, when I was reading it initially. Um, but yeah, uh, and then favorite encounter, I got to go with um, him pissing in the bathroom <laughs> in the dark and causing the monster to attack him. And then that monster doesn't do shit with its incredible proboscis shot. But yeah. Uh, the fact it just misses Hewn because the plot needs to happen. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, th that's uh, those are my picks. All right, and Shay, how about you? I have to say, Hyuk is the same. Uh, yeah, he was the only thing that made it readable because I already hated the main character and wanted him <laughs> to like seriously get some help. But, uh, knowing the circumstances, yeah, um, <laughs> Hyuk for protagonist. Yes, essentially. Uh, my favorite encounter had to, um, I think I'm leaning towards the mushroom head just because the entire thing was just like, that was the most fleshed out encounter for me. So, I mean, a close, well, obviously cat girl is a close second, but I think the, the one where you literally had a monster like closed into your apartment. So you were trapped in the bathroom, that kind of like tension to not make noise. It doesn't get much more visceral than that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Especially knowing like what it's, I guess, attack is, is quite literally like one in like a million, which of course, because he's protagonist, he's, he's hit. Yeah. For some reason, but it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm screwed. If that touches me. What one moment I like from that encounter, we did mention it, but we briefly glossed over it. That's the most explicit example in our reading of uh hmm, maybe I can fight back against this. No, no, I cannot. I have made a terrible mistake and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yes. General thoughts on the monsters. So uh so let me give you my theory. <laughs> can you even have a theory? Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't worry, Jacob. I'll take this. Here's my thoughts on the monsters. <laughs> So, so obviously the two of us are uh, excluded from this section. I mean, given what we've seen from the uh, encounter that Hewn has had with the voice in his head, it feels like some sort of awakening of the uh, the inner instinct, a uh, suppression of uh, social constructs uh, or or the social instinct, and 
it feels incredibly destructive in that case. It's like you are submitting to your own desires to the detriment of everyone else, which causes the collapse. And uh, Hewn fighting against that is going to be the sort of symbolic struggle of his desire to just be a shut-in neat. And the actual healthy thing of going out and interacting with the other survivors and working towards the better future of getting out of this alive. So I think that Hune's personal monsterization is going to be a uh, counteractive force going forward for his uh, ability to work with everybody else, for his uh, power to cooperate. Uh, Jay, do you have any ideas on the nature of the monsters, uh, the story moving forward? Um, Now that you think about it, I think the monsters are... First of all, I do acknowledge that the monsters are real. I think that the monsters, like almost like a trope, are a basis of your subconscious. Like That's kind of how they manifest, Um, which is going to be interesting to kind of explore the different types of monsters that will crop up and sort of, I guess, if we get any exposure to who the monsters were before they became monsters, that would be interesting. Um, As for, like, what's going on in the world, I honestly don't know. I, I want to say that it was, like, some kind of psychological phenomenon, perhaps related to... I don't even know because I want to like pin it like un- uncharacteristically on social media or like something on the internet, but I'm like, no, I don't think it is. That is an interesting thought. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, I kind of, I like, I like where this is going. Um, aside again from the main character. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. He gets better or does he? I mean, it kind of is, I feel like there's definitely some very heavy-handed foreshadowing on he's eventually going to monsterify somehow. For example, him exhibiting all of the symptoms of monsterization? Oh, but they also, like, cut away to this thing that was like a tumor inside of him. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, No one can ever say manoir is subtle. (laughs) So, uh, those are my predictions. Jokes aside, uh, one thing I wanted to mention in this section is uh, it's really funny to me the the lines that one draws in the category of willing suspension of disbelief because this is essentially a zombie story. It is it is framed that way. It is designed that way. But the creatures aren't like they're not zombies. They're monsters. Like there's really no other way of describing them. You know, they're each of them are unique. Uh, you know, they have uh, overwhelming individual power is a big difference between um, zombies and these things. And I don't know, something about the monsters, like the tropes of zombie fiction tend to really tick me off and turn me away a lot of times. And something about the difference in the way that the antagonists, as it were, are presented, uh, you know, the the um, the confounding force that sets the plot in motion. It it made me in like enjoy this type of story a lot more because they weren't zombies. It's I know it's because I'm giving the story a little bit more like credit and leeway and, you know, reading it on it, you know, like like, you know, reading it the way it wants to be read, so to say, um, which I it's something I know I don't do with zombie fiction. It, I uh, I tend to be overly critical and nitpicky with that sort of thing so so 
Uh, Jake, since you've finished the entire manhwa, I don't think would you continue reading is an appropriate question. <laughs> I mean, I'd read it again. That is an answer. <laughs> Seeing all of the dead characters, which ones could I be talking about? Alive again was great, so. <laughs> Personally, I think I would continue reading mostly. It, it's like 50-50 split between my desire to go back to where I was before and continue on and this reigniting the initial curiosity I had about the series. So in a word, yes, I would. Uh, Matt, how about you? Um, I mean, I'd made it almost to the end and I never actually finished the series. So that should tell you something. Um, the one thing I'll take away is on this reread, I got hit really by the suspense. And when it's in a scene that actually deserves it, that is really cool. They do a lot of ending chapters on that build up for then it to be a false positive. And that's cool if you do that sparingly, but if it keeps happening, it's like clear what you're doing. Um, and uh, I, I had like weird trauma flashbacks to not make light of that, but like that's the vibe I got when one of our chapters had literally like 15, 20 pages of recap of like, an mm. entire scene that happened at the previous one was then at the beginning of the next one. And that's, that's just web two nonsense. And well, yeah. When you're reading that sort of thing, you know, week to week or bi-weekly, you don't mm. notice it as much as when you read it compiled like this, it's a, uh, it's a bit of a barrier. Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, especially if that keeps happening or <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a slog and, a lot of my original reason I forced myself through this series was I was interested in the lore and stuff. And now that I've got a vague idea of what that was, I kind of have no interest to put myself through the physical act of reading it again. Mm. I This is the same thing I always say with Webtoons, though, is I really don't like the format, and I think the format hinders what could otherwise be really smooth storytelling. Like, perhaps if um, Sweet Home was uh, released in, like, a graphic novel version, if it was edited to take away that sort of scroll aspect. Or if maybe there was some kind of video form of Sweet Home that may even have <laughs> real actors that are formatted into easily digestible 45-minute episodes that could be on some kind of streaming service like Netflix. Some sort of program that might be viewed during a no read november kind of situation i don't remember if it's a tv series or a movie but at this point we're running out of movies so we need to start expanding anyway jay would you continue reading so about that um so i actually did not like how this reading ended so i continued to read past it so, um... <laughs> welcome to webtoon <laughs> yes i would all right. I mentioned this in the beginning, but it, it bears repeating because it's one of the biggest things about Sweet Home and the reason I marathoned the series when it was initially coming out. The sort of curious, the, the morbid curiosity is there are very few series that are a better uh, ascribed the phrase morbid curiosity than Sweet Home. It it makes you want to keep scrolling. And in that way, I think it uses the uh, Webtoon format uh, well recap chunks notwithstanding uh so yeah it it can be gripping when you get into it thank you once again for tuning into the over manga cast as always you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at over manga cast uh you can also check us out on youtube uh where you can like comment and subscribe 
fulfill your deepest inner desires uh, to catch up on our backlog or go over to uh, overmangacast.com. Uh, the YouTube is on a two-week delay, so you can get the newest episodes there. Uh, you can even comment on episodes, give us suggestions, anything that uh, you can imagine. We also appreciate reviews in any and all forms. So go ahead on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, I don't actually know where you put podcast reviews anymore. Um, or you can just, you know, email us overmonkcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love recommendations. Sweet Home was also a recommendation, um, but also Jacob wanted to read it. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's how it goes. Uh, at this point, everything we do is vaguely a recommendation from somewhere, basically. But, um, you know, tell us to read Dragon Ball Super. Keep doing it. We'll do it. Uh, well, one way or another, we are not reading Dragon Ball Super next week. Instead, we are going to be reading Miyoroko-chan. We are going to be reading chapters 1 through 15. So, for all of your spooky ghosty goodness here at the last week of October, read that if you keep it up with the show, and we'll see you next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. You're in for a fright. Oh, no. See, guys, I this is why we have a no nosebleed policy. Now we got to kill Jacob. <sighs> We got to get someone else on for the next episode now. Like... <laughs>